Hello and welcome to the Talking Guitar Podcast, brought to you by the North American Guitar, the home of the world's finest guitars. In this episode, we caught up with the wonderful Peggy White about her journey into Luthery, her build philosophy, and of course, the guitar she's building for Teaneg. Before we start, let me say, Peggy, thank you so much for joining us on our Talking Guitar podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. So Peggy, yeah. You know, I've been reading up, I've doing lots of reading on up on you and looking at um, and watching some fabulous videos. Am I right in thinking that obviously I know that you come from a very musical family, but do you have a do you have a group that you, with your family? No, I don't have a group with my family. We we have. Uh, well, we sing, we used to sing all the time, um, but no, no actual group where we went on stage together on a regular basis. Oh, right. Other than just that. I was part of it. Uh, that's it. Yeah. I mean, when my, my sister next to me, uh, when I was, I think, 16, we did our first stage show, which was a very, very small, <laughs> very small show. Uh, Festival of the Maples, I think it was in Perth. Um, and we have sporadically, we have sang together on stage, but there was never, we did actually try to get a bit of a group off the ground, but it just never happened, unfortunately. So too, too many people, too many far, too much distance between you all, I guess. Yeah, too many ideas, too many, sometimes, sometimes differences in what we wanted to sing, you yeah. know, yeah. simple stuff, sibling stuff. Well, it, if it's like that, if it's like that in the Rolling Stones, then I'm sure it's like that in your. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, but but music obviously has has very much run through your sort of your family all of your life. Yes, I I don't ever remember a time when there wasn't music in the house. My dad played and sang. My mom played piano. Um, my aunts and uncles played. Wow. We, there was just always music. Yeah. I started playing guitar when I was about 14. Um, and I learned by watching my father. So I'd sit in front of him and he would play a few chords and I'd run upstairs and grab the guitar out of the closet that they bought for my sister, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's how I learned to play guitar. That's amazing. That's amazing. So just by ear, basically, completely by ear. Just by, I'm an ear musician, completely. I don't read music. I can, I can read the number system for, yeah. for chords, but no, I don't read, uh, I don't read music. Well, I'm, I'm in the same. I mean, I, I was kind of similar. It was, it was my dad though. Uh, it, it, again, like he, he gave me my first guitar when I was, I think I would have been 13 or 14. And it was one of his first guitars. And um, I've still got it. It's next door. It's a it was a Fender FO3. I think it's like 45, 50 years old. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, I uh, a very high action. So you, the calluses on your fingers got pretty intense pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was that, right. that, that a book of the Beatles. And then I was, I was away. So <laughs> <laughs> But that, but obviously, and also, I think ear training makes a makes a huge difference for um, so so I'm told for luthiers when when it comes down to voice training, just 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 musicians that play the instrument, luthiers that play the instrument rather, 
when voicing instruments can have a, almost a better sense of what the guitar can do and, and how it can speak and, and, and feel. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and choosing the wood, like there's a very specific tone that I'm looking for when I choose my tops. And I've, I've ordered tops, had them shipped to me and it's, I can't do it that way. I have to be there. I have to feel them. Even just the, that feeling of your fingers running on the wood, you can hear how quick is it going to react, right? Listen for that tone, listen for the resonance. How long is it, how long is it ringing on for? So I, I think absolutely it does help. Yeah. Having it near. And, and what, um, what would you say is your, when you're, when you're trying to find the, do you have a preference of top that you like going with? Is it, is it a sick or is it an Adirondack? Is that, do you have a go-to? I know we've had this discussion previously, but what would your go-to be that makes you, when you pick up that, that, that wood that makes you say, yeah, that's going to be a great top? It's usually Italian spruce. Yeah, it, they, it's just a really well-rounded tone. I love Sitka for, uh, for the bottom end and um, I don't know if I can find the word I'm looking for. It's got a very specific sound and it's usually if I know someone is more of a strummer, I will go towards Sitka. Mm. But Italian always, always wins out for me. It's just all, all around, I find it's the best. Tone, resonance. Um, yeah, I would say Italian. And, and, and what was, what was, what would have been the, obviously there's a, a love of, of, of music, which is a, a great pull into Luthery, but, and obviously by the sounds of things, there's a love of nature and, and, and wood and feel and senses. Was there anything else that kind of pulled you into wanting to become a luthier? And when you first um, kind of went down that rabbit hole, that you suddenly thought, oh, wow, this is like Alice in Wonderland. Like, this is where I'm gonna be. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, I actually, my first, my very first um, sort of taste of it was at the Larave factory. And that was, I think it was around 98 and my ex-husband and I had moved out to Vancouver. He was working there and I decided I wanted to go back to work. The kids were both in school and I got a job at Larrabee sanding guitars. <laughs> and I, I thought like within six months, I thought I, this is what I want to do. Well, my ex-husband and I separated. We ended up driving back across Canada with the kids and there was no way at that point in time that I was gonna be able to go to school or learn a new trade and, and try and raise two kids on my own. So uh, that was put on the back burner. Well, actually I wouldn't even say the back burner. It just was, I just closed the door on it. It wasn't gonna happen. Mm. And then in 2011, um, I lost my oldest son in a, an accident and he was 18 and nine months after that I mean I, I of course was in the cloud of grief and not really knowing where I was going but I decided at that point I really wanted to do something more meaningful with my life I needed more fulfillment not just for myself but I needed to give 
back yeah. to the world. So I decided then that I wanted to go back to that dream of building guitars. And I signed up for Sergei DeYoung's class and did my five weeks there and absolutely loved it. And from there, it was literally, I could have been in the shop 12 hours a day. I was quite happy to do that. <laughs> and it was extremely healing um, as well as sort of fulfilling that need that I had. It was really healing for my heart as well. Oh, I'm so sorry. And continues to be. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that, Peggy. And, 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 but, but what a wonderful, what a wonderful story that you were able to find something to channel emotion because such a there is such a I think that's one thing that people when you have customers enter into this kind of world of the guitar this small workshop small luthier workshop custom made um part of the guitar world they don't some people don't quite realize the emotion and love and passion and dedication and just everything that gets put into every single carving every single you know shaping voicing everything is just built with such intention to to create something that nobody in the world has ever created before you are the only person creating that thing right right it's it almost feels like you're putting your whole soul into each instrument oh yeah i can imagine if if that's possible yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it didn't take me very long to realize that, that I should have been here all my life. And that would be my only regret that I started so late. But well, I'm just happy you. that I found it. Well, exactly. But thankful yeah. that you're, that yeah. that you're here now. And, and so yeah. wonderful. That's really, really wonderful. I mean, it's fun, mm -hmm. you know, I've been in this industry now for gosh, you know, 11 10 or 11 years um and i still get choked up talking to luthiers about their journey you oh. don't understand how much you know dedication and in, 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 in the intensity of the bills yes. you know it's, it's not, so intense it's 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 not a obviously there is commoditization if that's such a word of the guitar industry but this is these are these are babies these are things that you build and you let off into the world and, and they will, you know, they may move for a few hands, but it's not going to be that many hands and, and you want them to mm -hmm. want them to be something that is either passed down um, or some, or, or, or is with someone right until the very end, you know, you know, it's yes. Amazing things. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And, and you know, I, that's interesting that you say babies because that's exactly how I look at them. And I used to post time of birth, <laughs> you know, cause they, and they, they come from you. So yes, they are babies. They're all babies. And, and that's, and then you, you did some, um, you did some work with a good dear friend of ours, uh, Michelle Pellerin, is that right? Yes, yes. I, uh, I went and uh, I studied with Michelle for seven months. And um, I really, what I had learned to that point, of course, is my, that's my foundation. That's how I got started. But I was really drawn to the more contemporary style of building. So the lighter style of building, 
Michelle uh, to this day is probably my favorite builder. Yeah. And when I approached him about um, coming down and studying with him, he was so open to discussing it. And he said, yeah, let's do this. I had, I had studied with him the summer before that. Uh, he taught me how to finish spraying polyurethane. And so I knew what kind of teacher he was. I knew that we had a really great connection and I would learn so much from him. And it was absolutely mind blowing working with him. I mean, that says so much about him as a person, doesn't it? Like, yeah, of course, we love that. Come, you know, come on down. There's, there's, of course, you know, it's funny. There's a, there's the community is the, the, the most wonderful thing about this industry, but of course there mm. is, there is a, there is a slight competitiveness because it's individuals and, you know, that's natural, of course, you know, everybody wants well, to, sure. yes. and it's healthy. People want to build the best instrument and they want um, to be, you know, being played by the, the best people. Um, but I find that there's just this amazing sense of sharing more than anything else. There's that, oh, competi there's that competitiveness, it but it's, it is still very much, yeah, sure, come in and let me just show you how I do it and share with you. That's right. And that's, that's that shows that's anywhere you start talking guitars and builders are so open to answering any questions or sharing how they do it. Or, and it's never in a, in a way that makes you feel less than, right? It's always helpful. Yeah, yeah. Abs yeah, I, I love this community for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't- Open-hearted. Open-hearted. And actually, I don't know of another industry where it is that, that open of sharing your kind of, your secrets in a way, you know? And it's- That's right. And it's fine. Every time I've spoken to Luthier, this question's kind of come up. Um, the same, the same answer is. I'm always hear the same answer, which is, well, you know, when I I did this, and I didn't know what to do, so I called this person. They said, "Oh, don't worry right. about it. I've done that. I've done that loads of times." And you're like, "Oh, I'm not the only person," you know, like nicks, <laughs> exactly nicks, napping and hands going through the boards. You know, all kinds of all kinds. Of well, you think, right, when things start happening, especially in the very beginning, and I've had some really funny mess ups, but you think you're the only person that's gone through this. And then you start talking to, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've done that. <laughs> I think one of the biggest uh, things that, that I have, that I've learned now is I'm so much more um, solution minded now. So if something does go wrong, I don't completely freak out about it my head immediately goes okay so what can I do with this mm. and that's in general in building if I'm thinking of something where I might have got stuck on it before I immediately now I've just got to start bouncing ideas it's wonderful and I think that too is just from talking to people and they just go from idea to idea right well, yeah, but it's, it, I was just thinking as you were saying that, you know, so, so really you're, it's never a panic. It's always a solution. I always, you're always fixing. Like I always say to the guys in TNAG, you know, if there is an issue, it's like, you know, there, there, are, there are no problems. There's only a solution. And we just got to take, right. take a step back, look at it, figure it out, and then try to fix it. And, all, and always see the glass as half full, never see it as half empty. 
Yes. That, yes. Is, that is like my number one. It will get you so much further. <laughs> yeah, you know, even when you know, even when it looks pretty, pretty empty, you've got to still see it as being half full. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She's hard sometimes. I try to, uh, I think part of that too is, is um, this is a bit off topic, but just having gratitude for what you have oh, we in can, life. Do you know what, Peggy? I, I love that you just said that. We could have a whole conversation about gratitude because mm, yeah. it, is, it is my my biggest driver of my life. I mean, I, there, it, I think that not, not to sort of scoot too, too much off topic, but it's so easy to not be grateful. That's the easy route. Mm -hmm. e the easy route is to say, yeah. oh, oh, this is happening. Oh, no, 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 no. But it, it's, it's really hard to go, well, actually, that's bad, but I'm actually really grateful for these things here. And even just by trying to take the, the kind of pain away from, or rather the, you're sucked to being on the negative, to look at the positive, you can make your, you can turn that around very quickly. Oh, it shifts it's immediately. Amazing. Yeah. I used to do a gratitude list and I would do it daily. It was so great because, and I would start my day like that. What am I grateful for? And it just sets the tone. It's, it's so much more upbeat than of course being negative and thinking, oh, this is going wrong in my life and this is going, well, yeah, okay, but I could be over here where it's really bad. I, oh, wow. I just love all of that so much. Um, mm. And it's so powerful. Oh, wonderful. I feel that we need to have another call after this podcast and then have just... <laughs> <laughs> so just back, back onto your yeah. building, back onto your building, because I think I'm getting, it's kind of nicely pivoting onto that. So it sounds to me that your philosophy to building must be surrounded by how you approach your day, which obviously if you're trying to fill your day up with gratitude, then that a lot of that must be going into your guitars. I hope so. Yes. Because I think it makes a huge difference. Um, what type of energy is going into whatever it is you're creating, whether it be an instrument, music. I think, I think you can, I, well, maybe I'm getting, being a bit loopy here, but I really feel that if I pick up a guitar and it was built with love, I can feel it. I mean, do you get that? Do you pick up different instruments? Some you just want to put down, oh, some you don't want to let go of. Yeah, and it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily that they are better or worse than each other. It's that you exactly, and there's, and that's one of the things I love about you know what we do when we have a customer when we when before COVID when we have customers come and I'd always do this thing where they they kind of prep you with what they're looking for and what their tone is and what they want from the right. instrument, and so you say okay and you then sit them down and I'd always do like a little kind of alcove of never more than four, max five, because otherwise the ears kind of go. But, yes. but, but so sit them down and say, okay, so this is what you wanted to see, this one and this one. And this is what I think you'll like, there's this one. But then there's a wild card. And this is the, this right. is the wild. And I used to tell, even all the guys, I would say to them, always put in your own wild card into the mix of what the, the, the customer is is thinking about mm -hmm. is it, it it will it's kind of like an it, it was like a, a equalizer it 
suddenly you're playing something completely different and then it's either going to make you realize that's what you want or they're going to be like oh wow actually I need more time I need to go down here right uh, yeah and um it's quite fascinating the amount of times that customers have then gone on and bought that wild card oh that's really interesting because they've yeah. picked up guitars and they've played and gone no oh that's got that no or oh yeah that's the one that's nice and then they play something and it's this this difference um so yeah when you're picking guitars up you can feel can't you immediately if it sits with you if it if it sonically sits with you if it emotionally sits with you yes yeah and like you say it's 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 not about whether um one's better than the other it's it's just what you connect with oh definitely yeah i think a lot of this and also with the builder behind the instrument i think that most of the um you know that was how that was a, you know the thing that my my father years ago when he he bought a, a brent mcelroy and oh, i love brent i love brent dearly <laughs> dearly dearly he was the first luthier that we had yes and i knew that he yeah he just had a um he, he, my father had called him up and he just fell in love with the whole process and then subsequently fell in love with with brent and is you know it's just like the whole the whole thing of back and forth with photos and and that's really how the, our kind of build threads came about it was that process every single you know all, all of yes that. I, I just love i just love all of that and um mm -hmm. that connection you have to the person who's building yes. the instrument and it but it works in reverse too um probably my favorite part well one of my favorite parts is getting to know the people i'm building for and building that relationship and remaining friends with them yeah after the build is done it's wonderful yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so how would you describe, I know this is probably a bit of a generic question, but how would you, um, would you describe your own sound then? What is, what is Peggy White's sound, her tone? Mm. Tough one. Um, it is a tough one because I, I'm not quite where I want to be. I don't, I, think every, I, want I don't think I want to. I don't think anybody's ever <laughs> where they want to be with, with the luthiers. Right. We're always striving. Um, always striving. Always. Oh, I'm always the guitar on my bench. I'm always working towards it being better than the one that just went out the door. Uh, what I want is is a nice piano, rich bottom end, clear tops and and mids. Uh, I think that's sort of standard to what people want. Well, how would I describe it? People often say um, they're really even toned up the frets across the board, very even. I like to think that I'm getting, working towards that piano rich low end. And you can hear uh, in, in, in the instruments that, that there are recordings of, you can hear that, you can really hear mm -hmm. It, it, it it's is. just not quite there. Well, I, I, I you can it, hear it. Yeah, I think it is. It's it's <laughs> if I if I from it, it's it's that very clear and crisp piano like response, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. 
And what, and what would you say then is your, what would you say is your favorite, what are the favorite woods that you would work with to, to create this sound? Uh, if you had to make one more guitar, what guitar would you make? Oh, wow. Only one? <laughs> Yikes. What would I make? Okay, probably uh, African Blackwood and Italian, I think. Nice. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I just, I love, there's something about African Blackwood. It, it's got a rumbly bass, uh, crunchy at times. It's absolutely stunning. Abs I love working with that wood. And also to get really great African Blackwood now is, is, is getting harder and harder. That's the sort of, that's what I hear. I was talking to Rory from yes. Taron Guitars the other day, and he was saying that to get really great African Blackwood is not easy right now. Mm, yeah. It seems to be the trend. Yeah. And what are you, just a little bit of a side sidestep, what are your thoughts on the sort of, the, the, the more sustainable woods, the, the different, the, the non-traditional woods, as it were, like tattletops or um, myrtle or whatever you, you would say. Yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't ventured into that world yet. I think it's, I think it's a fantastic idea. I've heard great things about catalogs. I would actually really like to, to work with it. I find though that as far as people ordering, most people want the traditional woods. Yeah, yeah. They're not really interested in the sustainable. I think I think we have to find a way to work it into um, what we're doing. And I know a lot of people are. I know a lot of people will only work with sustainable woods, which, which is really impressive. Yeah, which is impressive, and you know, and, it's, and there are you know, there's a plethora of amazing, amazing woods, um, and we you know we've just we're just seeing lots of new sort of bog oak instruments coming through. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Tasmanian blackwood, obviously, you know, that's... Um, oh, I would love to try that. Yeah, we, we well, GR... Tasmanian Bear, blackwood. Yeah, GR Bear's built some, you know, Rye's built some wonderful guitars for us um, in in Tassie blackwood, which, uh, you know, it's very, it's, it's got all the sort of the, the ringiness that you would expect from, from African blackwood. Um, mm. But yeah, it is interesting. But I think there's going to have to be some kind of, you know, shift in the in the buyer's mind in a way to to accept those woods. Like I remember when walnut was not really that acceptable. Not it was acceptable, obviously. Right. It wasn't that popular. Whereas now you see a huge amount of walnut instruments. Right. I think too, it's a matter of 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 trying to not change the customer's mind, but, but make them realize that these are completely acceptable woods. And part of that is, is would be on us luthiers in going ahead and using these woods, mm. putting them in the hands of the dealers. And, and that's where the customers are going to see that, oh yeah, okay, this works. Yeah. I don't need Brazilian rosewood, although yeah. brass is great. I love it. Uh, that would be probably my second choice, yeah. Yeah, me too, me too. Which that brings us very nicely on to saying that we are so excited to announce that we're working with you and we've got two guitars in yes. the pipeline. I know, I, I am 
you know, it's, it's a it's another amazing female luthier to join our roster, which I'm very excited about. And um, oh, great, thank but, you. But it's all, but also just big fan of your work, and it just felt like the the timing and the synergy was 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 right. Um, so yeah, so we can talk about that quickly about the guitars. I've got them written down right in front of me here. What we've yes, got. I do too. <laughs> How organized are we? This is amazing. Um, so tell me a little bit about why we were going to go for that. I mean, I know why personally, but the OM cutaway with the black Brazilian. Oh, that black Brazilian is just out of this world. It really is. Isn't I it? saw that set. Yeah. And I, I thought, yeah, I'm sending this to Ben. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's gorgeous. I don't think I've ever seen um, Brazilian that black. And the ring is just un unbelievable. I know. Isn't it amazing how, and that, for me, that is the, without a doubt, the thing that I enjoyed the most. I mean, delivery of the instrument and playing for the first time, obviously that's in heaven. But that very first picture, if I'm not able to touch the wood, like I've been fortunate enough, yes. but I've been fortunate enough to hold the sets and choose the sets. But when you first see the set on an email or, or, or you know, or on a call, it's like, oh, wow, I just can see and hear what that's going to be like. You know, that's the, that's the thing that I love. Yes. That specking out. Instantly. Yeah. Um, I have to say also, I didn't respond to your, um, comment about me joining Teaneg, and I am so excited about joining Teaneg. And for me, it was super important that the first guitar that come to you be um, just a bit above the rest of what I would normally build. And this is, that's why we chose the Black Brazilian, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that was always the thing, isn't it? When, when, we, when we first decided, when we were speaking on the telephone, that we were going to work together, it was very much like, Okay, let's make this. Well, we've got two, and there is another one we're going to talk about. But this one, yes, yeah, this one in particular, we were like, let's make this really special. Let's make this a, mm -hmm. to kick off the relationship. Um, yeah, and already I've got the you know the guys are already talking about it, and uh, we, we're 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 cooking away with ideas of what we can do. Oh, good content and all that sorts of good stuff. Um, but this uh, yeah. this the next guitar, which again. I, I, I sort of put it to you, didn't I? And I said, what would you like to build? If, you know, if we're going to go for two, what would you like to build? And you came back with the European and Maple Parlor, which I love. Yes. I love a Maple Parlor, which... Um, yes. Because it has that kind of really snappy attack. That, oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And it's that Euro... And there's something that... Sorry? It's the Euro again that you love so much. Oh, yes, the combination. So the European maple um, combined with the Italian spruce, I've, this will be my fourth one that I've built. And I swear I need to build myself one because I, it, it's one of my favorites. That's great. Really snappy, but it's also got a warmth to it that for the size of it is it's quite surprising. It's funny, isn't it? So maple kind of it, it gets a bad rap. So I always feel sorry for maple. It gets a it gets a bad rap because I know it does. And there have been some amazingly well-rounded kind of you know 
I've had I've had OMs from Michael Bashkin that you play them and if you close your eyes you would think it, you know it was like a mahogany almost it has the kind of wildness right. thickness of the notes um yeah I love maple instruments uh, I think it's aesthetically they're beautiful um mm -hmm. just the delivery like I say it just has a little bit more kind of it just cuts through um a little bit better yes yeah so I'm super excited about both of these guitars. I can't wait to start them. <laughs> so when will you, that's, that's the next question. So when do you think we'll, we'll, we'll get started and then we can start? Because we're going to announce you with this podcast. So that's going to be the first thing. And then when will we be able to, to say that they're going to commence? Um, I would say I'm hoping for January. Um, my shop is still full of boxes. And <laughs> I'm waiting for the electrician. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah things are a little bit slower here on the island than uh i'm used to so i bet trying to be patient yeah well don't worry we are very patient it's gonna you know it's gonna be well worth the wait we, we we're very excited about it and and you're you're near deer lake which was uh, when you said when you said you're driving past deer lake i was like oh my gosh we, we used to go there we used to go fishing in deer lake yes well you sent me uh you sent me an email and you said you had there was a place in Deer Lake you went to. So I actually snapped a picture of the city limit sign, <laughs> Deer Lake, and and then I couldn't find it. So I don't know what happened to it anyway. Oh, wow. yeah, we drove right by, right by the community. Well, right by the lake. It's so stunning here. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. I mean, you must be pinching yourself every day when you wake up because it must be absolutely beautiful. It is, yeah. Hiking every day, it's wonderful. And isn't it amazing? I think there should be a... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I think there should be a guitar gathering here at some point. Oh, well, hey, listen, I'm there. We should try and make that happen. Try and make that happen. <laughs> we should. Um, mm -hmm. and, and next time, we're, we've got to try and work out how to get you to Nashville. That will be the, that'll be the next. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, well, we're with... Would love that. We're thinking of a few things, a few ideas that we're cooking up at the moment. Um, but yeah, it would be great to do some kind of gathering. There's a there's a fabulous space. There's a fabulous space in Nashville, um, right right near where we are. And I was talking to Kim the other day and saying, hey, how great would that be if we were to do some kind of show or something like that? You know, just you know. So yes, you know, there's there's always ideas being chucked around. Um, oh sure. <laughs> <laughs> and and Piggy, it's amazing. There must be something in the water in Canada because there's some phenomenal luthiers, isn't it? Like you know, new new guys, you know, like Gr Bear and Joel Michaud, and um, yes, um, there's just some amazing new luthiers coming through at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and more every day. I I see them on Instagram never heard of them and all of a sudden it's like oh this this person's from canada fantastic <laughs> really talented builders yeah i mean it's, it's amazing I, mean, I think that what is so exciting is in fact it was something that back in about 2000 i would say 2016 2017 it might have been before that um actually it would have been before that it would have been about 2015 and Michael Spolt, we did, was it the Holy Grail? It was the first Holy Grail, so I think that was 2015. But, and he did this, um, 
we, we went, to, I mean, they did a speech uh, before the show started. And one of the things he said was about the guitar world, this part of the guitar world. And it was, and it was just, just how this is the one part of the guitar world that every year just grows a little bit more and it's becoming more dynamic. And, and you can just see how, how influential, you know, the luthiers are on other bigger brands and what they do. And it's, you know, you know sad right. in many ways. so much, you know, I've had many conversations with the likes of Kevin Ryan and Grit and all these guys, and you just see these things. Right get taken and used in um, other bigger brands, as we, as we say, but mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it's amazing how, how- Brit is such a great guy. Oh, I love him, really. We've got, a, we've got a fantastic guitar with Grit in the pipeline. I mean, we're building his 50th. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know, I know. He, we, we were talking and he just said, oh yeah, it's gonna be, a, 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 been, building, uh, been building guitars for 50 years. And I was just like, Oh, what we we have to celebrate that we, we have to celebrate that so we're building a, a really exceptional um instrument and, and he said what do you want on the inlay and I said I want whatever you want and he just said but 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 you know this is because we have to think about it from a commercial perspective I was like no 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 you've got to build what you want on that fretboard oh that's great it has to be exactly you know this is your guitar this is the buildings of it and whoever um you know whoever buys this instrument is buying a piece of history so um mm. and he was just like leave it to leave it with me and i'll come back to you and I, and I, <laughs> what always blows my mind with grit is he sends these these sketches and you're like it's like vincent van gogh's they're they're amazing these sketches he sends and then he just sends oh, you a, so talented. Send you a picture of all of these different shells, and you're thinking, I, "How is he going to create this?" And then, bang, he's there. And you're like, "Wow!" Yeah, I know it boggles my mind. <laughs> it's just, and then you play the guitar. <laughs> not, not they don't look beautiful. You then play the guitar, and they sound incredible. So, you know, yes, yeah, it's amazing. Um, Super talented. And also, you've got a very good friend in Stephen Bennett. Yes. Yeah, love. Oh, Stephen is fantastic. He I is. love Stephen too. We met in uh, Italy at the Sarzana show and he yeah. bought one of my little soprano guitars. Wonderful. And yeah, and we've kept in touch ever since. And he's, oh, he's one of my favorite people. He's so genuine. 100%, yeah, he, he is. Yeah. Um, he's been a customer of ours for many years. And mm -hmm. he's been a friend, I would say, for longer. And he he was did he yeah. did, he did some um, some writing for us. He we used to do these teenag notes every other week, and he would he would do those. And um, and he's just been, right. he's been busy and moving to America that we haven't. And I said to him, we've mm -hmm. got to pick those back up, and we've got to or do something in the North American Guitar Connoisseur magazine. So you know we 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 we're, we're trying to cook something up together. Um, but he oh, actually, that's great. It was so funny. He he messaged me saying, "I hear on the grapevine that you might be working with Peggy," and I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> He's like, "Oh, fantastic, fantastic!" So you know. <laughs> yes, I wrote him and told him. I said, "I'm so excited about this. I have to tell you." Yeah, he's yeah, great. He's he's really so so supportive. Yeah. 
yeah incredibly I was going to say something about him and now I, I forget anyway well I don't think this is going to be the first conversation I can tell you that much good <laughs> well I've enjoyed it yeah me too <laughs> me too I wanted to say I'm so excited to be working with you we are so excited to be working with you um we just can't wait to uh, to bring in as many in, as many instruments as you will allow us to. So. Oh, fantastic! Thank you so much, Ben. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And I hope that the move wasn't too much of a of uh, a shock, and that hopefully you'll get all of the workshops set up reasonably soon. Oh, thank you. Me too. And take care of yourself. I will we'll do. talk soon. Take care. Thanks very much. Okay. Bye, Ben. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Guitar. For more information on the world's finest guitars, please visit our website at thenorthamericanguitar.com.